say that I can truly say that Jesus Christ is Lord. Above him there is none other. Thank God. We appreciate you all today. Thank you for sharing with us in song. You do such a great job, and we appreciate it so much. It's so good to have good worship, isn't it? Have good, a good worship team that can bless the Lord and just, and just bring the atmosphere of the Lord in the, in the house. And, I mean, it just makes everything feel so smooth and so good, doesn't it? Amen. So we're going to be uh, teaching again today for Brother, or for Pastor Brian, I should say. And it's so good to see everybody out today. I mean, we've had a, a terrible week. I, 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 there's probably not anybody in here that, that didn't lose their power for at least. Anybody in here didn't lose power this week? There's one hand right there. <laughs> there's two. Brother, you didn't lose power either. Well, there's three. I thought everybody in Putnam County and Cabell County and, and Lincoln and all around us had probably lost power for at least a few hours this week. I know we lost it for about a day and a half, 18, 20 hours or so, but a lot of, a lot of folks have, well, I think Fran just got hers back on last night. She's sitting down there in a cold house. Finally got out of there, didn't you? <laughs> rough, but anyway, we're glad to be in the house of God today, and we're glad you're here today with us. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to, well, you probably, I didn't, I didn't tell them today to, I, I, to what, what I was going to talk about, because I really wasn't sure what I wanted to call this message. But anyway, I'm going to begin today in, in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, I, I spoke about a month ago or so, three or four or five weeks ago here, and I read this verse of scripture in closing when I was teaching here then, and I wanted to go back to it and talk about it a little bit, and, uh, but anyway, what I want to talk about today is, is the power of words. I doubt that we, if any of us really realizes how important it is that we keep a positive outlook and, and, and speak positively in our walk with God. I, I know that that's something that Patty and I, she's better at it than I am. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Being positive about your life, being positive about what God can do for us. And uh, like I said, she's better at it than I am. And, and sometimes, you know, I get all carried away and I start talking negative and she'll, she'll uh, say, now, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. That's not faith. Don't be talking like that. And, and you know, we don't really realize it, but if, 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 we, if we see from the Bible that really and truly life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs tells us that. 
Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And, and if you remember the last time we were here, we were talking about uh, we were talking about prayer. And lots of times we enter into prayer and, and, and you know, and prayer don't always happen overnight. You know, we have some time there that we need to wait on the Lord and, and see the thing through. And if we're not careful, we'll talk ourselves out of the answer before it ever comes. We'll start talking, well, I don't guess, you know, that God's going to answer that prayer. And I don't guess, you know, it's God's will for Him to heal me. And, and we'll start talking all this negative stuff. And we talk ourselves right out of what we're asking for. We can actually do those types of things. So, kind of what this message is about today is the power of words. And, and, and I wanted us to see here in, in Romans chapter 10... I want to begin in verse 8, and the scripture says, But what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith. So the word of faith, it's in your heart, and it's in your mouth. And then he said in verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, or God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we believe from the heart, and we confess with the mouth. So really what takes place here is, is we give voice to what we really believe. So the Bible said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we get get God's word in our heart and we get faith in our heart and then we begin to confess with our mouth what is in our heart. In other words, we give a voice to what we believe. And we have to do that. that. The Bible tells us here that's how we get born again. He says you get born again by believing in your heart and by confessing with your mouth. If you believe that God hath raised Jesus from the dead, you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. Or of course you believe in your heart and then you you confess with your mouth unto salvation. Unto a thing. You put voice to a thing. So it's really important today that we understand give you understand what I'm trying to say here we can't just be we can't just be Christians with no voice and, and Pastor Brian has taught on this consider, considerably in the past but but seemed like here as, as the last time I spoke I really got into this and I never have really gotten away from it so so when we confess, the word confess really really means a confirmation or an affirmation. If you confess something, you're affirming or you're confirming what you're believing. So if we're confessing the Lord Jesus, we're confessing what He has done for us. We're confessing that Jesus Christ is our Lord. 
He's my Lord, see. I can confess that. I can truly confess that because I believe that in my heart. I can truly say that Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory and the Lord of my life. Without any hesitation, I can say that because I believe that. You understand what I'm saying? And see, that's what brings about the power of God into our life. We confess the power of God into our life. So, so we can also say that Jesus Christ is our advocate. I, I, I was reading in 1 John some and studying this, and, and some of these terms that Jesus is, I mean, and it's an amazing thing. I mean, He's our advocate today. I can say that Jesus is my advocate in other words, he's my lawyer. See, an, a, a, an advocate is when a lawyer advocates for you or, or, or he, he, uh, he acts on your behalf in, in a court of law. So Jesus today is my advocate. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I today. He's our high priest today. He's our advocate. He's our lawyer. He's our go-between. He's our mediator. He's our all-in-all today. The Bible said there's only one God. And there's one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. So He stands there on our behalf today. we got to know that. So He's also, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, I think it was, that He is the propitiation for our sins. Now this is really good. Jesus is the propitiation for our sin. The, the, the word there means He's our appeaser. What does an appeaser do? And he stands before God today as our appeaser. He satisfied all the righteous requirements of God. He brought satisfaction to God. He is our peacemaker. You know, the Bible said that when, G when, when, when the announcement was made that Jesus was coming to the earth, it said that uh, there would be peace on earth and goodwill to men. That's Jesus. I mean, it's pretty obvious there's not peace on the earth today. Jesus was the peace on earth, goodwill to men. He appeased our heavenly Father. If you just think about it back under the old covenant, God would get angry at times and He would bring immediate judgment upon people. I thought about when Noah went, or Moses, I'm sorry, went up onto the mount. He was spending some time with God. He was communing with the Father. And the children of Israel got impatient with Moses. And they said, we don't know what has happened to this man. We need another God. We need somebody else before us. So you know the story. They took all their gold that they had. And Aaron melted it all down. And he made them a golden calf. Now isn't this amazing? And they began to worship the golden calf. They even made an altar and worshiped the golden calf as their God. Moses was in the mountain communing with God on their behalf and they're down here worshiping a golden calf. God looks over to Moses and said, Get on down there. Those people are corrupting themselves. 
get on down there. And God was so angered that he was ready to destroy them completely and raise a nation up unto Moses. Now that was law. That was back in the Old Testament. I mean the Bible said the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. My brother and sister, Jesus is grace. Jesus is truth. Under the law there was immediate judgment sometimes. Under, under the new covenant there's grace and truth. Jesus is the man that appeased the Father that brought us grace and truth. We don't have immediate judgment today. I'm glad, aren't you? God's not mad at anybody. He's probably not happy with everybody, but He's not mad at anybody. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. So God's not mad at us. God's good. God's good not because we're good, but because He's good. You've got to have this Jesus man. If you don't know this Jesus man, you've got to know this man. You've got to really know him. And when you really know him, you'll give voice to the Word of God. You'll have a testimony all of your own. And I'm convinced, church, the day and hour that we're living in, we're going to have to raise our voices. We're going to have to raise our voices. I'm telling you, I think, I think Pastor Brian said it a couple weeks ago, they're coming after the church. Who's coming after the church? Satan. You know, we're not, dealing, we're not dealing with politics here. Now, you know, politics can make a, make a lot of changes in our society, but we're really not dealing with politics. We're dealing with Satan himself. You know, Paul said we wrestle not. Listen to this. Now listen to me. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Joe, you're not my enemy, brother. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. But we're wrestling against powers and principalities in high places. That's what we're up against. We're up against the spirit of Antichrist. First John said, you've heard that the Antichrist should come. But he said, already there are many Antichrists that have went out into the world. And believe me, they're out there today. There's antichrist out there. They're opposed to what you and I are doing today. If you, let me tell you something. I guarantee you if I got on my Twitter feed, which I don't have. But I guarantee you if I got on that Twitter feed and I preach Jesus Christ as Lord and above Him there is no other, that He's the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father. What do you think would happen to me? I'd get censored right off of there. Amen. Amy, would I get censored if I'd done that? Mandy, I'm sorry, honey. I get those two mixed up. I love them to death, though, both of them. 
I guarantee you I'd get censored. The enemy's after your voice, church. The enemy's after your testimony today. We've got to raise our voices high. We've got to give glory to God and stand strong in the Lord. I'll tell you what I think. I think it's about time we put on the armor. Put on the whole armor of God, Paul said in the 6th chapter of the book of Ephesians. Put on the whole armor that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Right. And then he went on to say, put on the whole armor. And and, and when you've done all to stand, stand. Church, I'm being honest with you today. If we don't get strong in the Lord if we don't give, give voice to what we believe, if we don't have a strong testimony, if we don't get deep-seated faith down in our heart, if we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves compromising. Because the world system is coming against us with everything, that it, it, with everything within its power. Here's another point that I want to make. Commitment. Commitment. Listen. There's no partial commitment. You can't partially commit to God. You listen. You can't sit on the fence. My God. We can't get up on the fence and say it. And when we want to, we get off on that side and we just do what we please. And then the next day or so, you know, things come along and we get off and we get over on this side. We're going to have to get on God's side and stay on God's side. We're going to have to get over here and stay and get fully committed unto God. I feel like, so, I feel like there's so many people in, in the church world today that are not committed unto God. They don't have a testimony. They don't have a voice. They're not even having altar services in their church. They're not even giving people a a chance to pray and to receive the Lord. So we're going to have to get fully, fully committed unto God. I think what's happened that Prosperity, success has blinded many of us. I thought about I thought about the Laodicean church. You know, Jesus told him in the Laodicean church, he said, I would that you either hot or cold. You gotta be one or the other. See if you're hot, you're in good shape. If you're cold, you have some hope of getting back to being hot. If you're lukewarm, he said, I'm just going to spit you out of my mouth. They were blinded. They were blinded by their success. The Bible said that they said within themselves, we don't have need of anything. I mean, we're prosperous. We don't have need of anything. They had a good church. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying... They had a good church. Everything was going fine. They didn't have need of anything. And they left Jesus on the outside looking in. 
He said, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man will open, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. That's what he said concerning the little seeds. I read a little joke about it, kind of a joke. There was a man that went to the optometrist. And he went in and he said, uh, I need some new glasses. These things just aren't strong enough. Ain't you got nothing any stronger? Pretty sarcastic, wasn't it? Anyway, he said, the doctor told him, said, he said, yes, I've got one more lens that's stronger than what you got. He said, just one more. Yeah, I've got one lens stronger than what you got. He said, well, what comes after that? He said, you buy your dog. Blinded. Laodicean church was blinded. We cannot allow the successes and the prosperity that we have in this country to blind us from the things of God and to kill our voice. We've got to have a voice, don't we? Words. Words make a huge difference in our life. Turn with me now to James. James chapter 3. He says in verse 2, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend or stumble not in word, the same is a perfect man or a mature man, and able also to bridle the whole body. So he said, not to stumble or not to offend in word is the same as the mature individual and he's able to control the whole body. Now, this is what I, I want us to understand about this talking crazy talk, right? We got to learn how to control the things that we say. Because we can be very... Did you know that words can either make you or break you? You know, there was no saying that says, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. False. There you go. I mean, the bones will probably heal back, but the, word, the, the effect of the words will probably still be lingering long after the bones have healed back. So we got to be careful how we, how we talk, the kind of confessions that we make about the Word of God and how we talk about our own situation and how we talk to other folks. we got to be careful with that. As I, as I quoted to you a while ago, you know, Proverbs said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we can speak things to life or we can speak things to destruction on our behalf. And, and you know we don't want to do that. You know, that, 
it's taken me a long time to really get a hold of that. And, and it's still a hard habit to break, Michael. You know, it's, it's hard to not be critical. Have you, have you ever noticed how hard it is not to be critical of somebody? I mean, I see somebody that's just acting goofy, looking goofy. <laughs> and I, I, I have the worst time of not being critical. Not good. Not really good. So he said we need, to, we need to be mature individuals and able to control the whole body. Jesus said it like this. He said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Didn't he? So if you, if, and we've said this many times, if you put in bad stuff, you're going to get bad stuff out, aren't you? It's just the way it is. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. He said, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart, he brings forth bad things. You see how that works? That's how that works. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I mean, that's just what happens. So in order to, in order to uh, help control what we say, we got to put good things into the, in, into the treasure, don't we? we got to put good things into the heart. we got to get God's Word in here, and then God's Word will come out of here. If we feel... You know, you can't give away what you don't have. You can't pour water out of a pitcher until first you fill the pitcher up. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? I mean, you can't get good things out of here unless you put good things in here. And God knows we have a hard time putting good things in here. Because our lives are so filled with TV and social media, and, and I know all about this stuff, and I'm not being critical up here, believe me, I'm not. But we have a tough time of getting good stuff in here because we don't take time to put stuff in here. And it'll never come out if you don't put it in. You can't pour water out of a pitcher until you fill the pitcher up. You can't give something away that you don't have. You can't love somebody if you don't have love in here. You can't do it in spite of yourself. You just can't do it. You can't love somebody in spite of yourself unless you've got love down in your heart. You can't give it if you don't have it. It's the way it works. It's just the way it works. So, so really, really what, what, is with, what comes out of us is... is is a pretty much a good revelation or a good sign of what's going on inside of us, isn't it? So let me read down through here a little bit deeper. I'm, I'm not going to be up here too much longer. I, I wore you out last time. Uh, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. And also the ships which... Though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. 
Now I want you to notice that you put bits in a horse's mouth and you can turn that horse any way you want to. You take the bits out of his mouth and you're not going to be able to control him, are you? A small bit controls a strong horse and a small rudder turns a large ship. Even so, if we have control over our words, it is a good indication we have control over ourselves. Does that make sense? Just as a small bit and a rudder have such control, your words have tremendous power for either good or evil. And that's what James was saying here. That's exactly what he's saying is. I mean, how great a fire. I mean, you, and he went on to say, he said, you can take a little spark and you can burn the whole force down. Right? You can say the least little word in an offensive way and you'll burn the whole thing down. Let me tell you something else about words. You can't hardly retrieve them. You can make one little mistake in your life and, and uh, it's hard to ever recover from it. Just ask the senator from Texas. What was his name? Ted Cruz. Comes an ice storm in Texas and he flies out to Cancun. I'd have done the same thing. Wouldn't you, John? If I was living in Texas and had his money and, and, and it come a big ice storm and I didn't have no power and I was freezing out, I'd go to Cancun too. Wouldn't you? I can't imagine him not having to generate, but anyway. He flies out to Cancun, and boy, is he getting backlash. He'll probably never live that down. He'll probably lose. Well, I'm not going to say that. He may lose his next race because of that. You never know. I'm, I mean, I'm just using that as an example. When you turn words loose out there, you can't retrieve them. Somebody said it like this. You can't unscramble scrambled eggs. Try it sometime. You can't unscramble scrambled eggs. Words are powerful, church. Words have so much power and they have so much influence. Both for good and for bad. I mean, you can take your words of kindness and your words of love and your words of encouragement and you can lift people up that are down so low. And you can take an old negative comment and you can drive somebody farther and farther away. See, that's what I'm referring to when I'm talking about living a life of positivity versus living a life of negativity. I mean, live a, live a life that is not half empty, 
a glass half empty, but a, a, a life with a glass that's half full. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? And, and it's so important. I mean, it's, it, it, it's so important. Do you all have the verses of uh, Proverbs that I gave you put up there? Put those up for me and let's read those. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. Isn't that something? Anxiety in your heart. It causes depression. But a good word comes along and it makes it glad. I, I love good words. I love good conversation. I love to be around people that are uplifting, that are positive. Have you ever been in a, in, in a room filled of, of people that are gossiping and being critical and criticizing and running everybody down and being so negative about everything? You just want to turn around and leave the room, don't you? Put the next one up there, would you please? Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. <laughs> Pleasant words are just nice, aren't they? They're so nice. One more, and I think I've been quoting that about three times already. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now what do you think, what else can that mean? You can create havoc, or you can create some good things, can't you, by, by the words that we speak. So let's use our voice for a good thing. What do you think? You all can come and sing, if you will. We, we can use our voice in a, in a positive way. I'm just so glad today that God has blessed us. He's blessed us with Jesus. He's given us hope like no other. You all can stand with me if you will.